On the Newman Jets Audio Network, this is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by South Central Ceiling and Paving, online at scsealing.com. Mel Hambledon Ford, Pepsi, Allstate Insurance Agent Mike Light, Eck Agency, Donlinger Construction, Big Corner Creative, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, and by Overland Charters, the official transportation provider of Newman University Athletics. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Cripps. The Newman Jets softball team returns home final weekend of the year. This weekend, Friday and Saturday, the Fort A. State Tigers visit this week, and Nebraska Kearney is in town on Saturday. With that, we welcome you into episode 44 of the JetCast, talking Newman softball to start things off with the head coach, Andrea Gustafson. Thank you so much for being on the show again. Thank you for having me. Always great to have you on. Last time out, close game in game one against Washburn. Ichabod's ended up taking both games of the series. What were your thoughts on the Washburn series a couple of weeks ago? Um, you know, you take away one bad inning where we give up five runs in the first game, and we, we ended up losing 5-4. Um, I thought we competed well, but once again, it was just that one inning, you know, that did us in. Yeah, it, it, do, do you feel like that's been a big difference? And how, if you eliminate those bad innings this year, and, I mean, I'm not saying that you have to have this number right off the top of your head, but, I mean, I have to imagine if you eliminate one bad inning in each game, your win-loss record is totally different. How do you go about in the offseason and next year trying to maximize your innings when you're hitting well and obviously minimizing the innings when your opponents do well? Um, I think it's a mindset change. You know, right now we just kind of have a losing mindset. You know, we, we go out there and we play not to, not to lose instead of play sure. to win. So that's, that's kind of what we need to focus on is the mental aspect of the game. So a weekend off this past week, which, well, I don't know if I ever, I've ever seen that, where you just have a weekend off with no games scheduled. How did that happen, and what was it like? Did, did, you, did you know what to do with a weekend off in, in April, May, or, or March? That's not something that, <laughs> that, that's a luxury for a softball coach. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's just the way the, the MIAA schedule worked out for us. Um, so we had the weekend off, and, you know, I gave the girls a couple days off, so hopefully we're rejuvenated and ready to go out and play this last weekend. How do you kind of reset mentally, and how do you hope the girls reset mentally from this from this little delay and, and break that they had? Um, you know, I think that... You know, we, we can beat every team that we play against. It's just a matter of going out and doing the little things every single game. And, and we have yet to do that very often. But once again, you know, just come out this weekend. If we play our game the way that we're capable of, we can come out and get some wins. Emma Eck is going to join us next on this episode 44. And then we're going to wrap up the show with women's soccer and talking with the first-year head coach, Coach Holmes, coming up here in a few minutes. I already talked with Emma Eck, so, you know, people who watch this or listen to this know sometimes we record these out of order and then we place them in a new order for you as you're watching or listening from them. Delightful to talk to. Obviously, catcher hitting 371 for you this year. Top 10 in the MIAA in batting average. What has she meant to this team? And obviously going to be pretty tough to see her go here in a few weeks. Yeah, she's been a great leader for us. Um, you know, she, the season definitely hasn't gone how she wanted it to, but she told me that she's made it a point to try and lead the underclassmen and try and get them going in the right direction. And 
I mean, I can't say enough good things about Emma. She's just, she's come around and just been a tremendous leader for us. And she mentioned that of the seniors who are going to graduate and leave, there was only one other one, and it was her best buddy, Paige. <laughs> um, so instead of asking about the entire senior class, and you could talk about them kind of as a tandem if you want to, but we did want to mention Paige Wallace and uh, had her on the podcast earlier, the, the JetCast earlier this year, and uh, she's had some really good offensive numbers, and they've both been kind of uh, real battlers at the plate for you with the bat. What are your thoughts on, on, on having to say goodbye to her as well? Well, I mean, they're both four-year kids, four-year starters. I think they're best friends. You know, they, they've been great leaders for this team, and I'm so grateful for them and everything they've done and trying to help us get to the place that we're trying to get to. And they both have expressed interest in trying to, you know, follow us as they move along, as we move along. And like I said, I mean, they're just they're good for the younger kids, and hopefully the younger kids are watching and noticing. Senior day festivities, uh, which during you've got four games coming up, two on Friday, two on Saturday. If people want to make it out, which game are you going to be doing the senior day stuff at this weekend? Um, it's going to be on Saturday okay. um, before the game. We play at 12 o'clock. So, so 12 o'clock, so, when, so uh, senior day in between after the games or before the first game? Before the first game. Okay. Well, what, yeah. what time do you think? Oh, Let's say 11.30. Get there at 11.30. And if it's a little early, just sit down. I mean, they'll have popcorn or something there. They'll have a pop for you at the concession stand. So have a candy bar and wait. It'll be a great day. Uh, the weather as of today, it looks pretty good for the weekend. But obviously, that, that can always change. I wanted to ask you about a freshman, Madison DeWitt, a, a pitcher that you had. Uh, last two outings for her didn't go well. But before that, she actually had three straight quality starts for you, going at least six innings, giving up two earned runs or less. Um, obviously, as an underclassman pitcher, you're it pretty probably pretty natural and normal to have ups and downs and kind of a roller coaster ride. What was she doing well in that streak of quality starts that she had that maybe gives you some optimism that she's going to continue to improve and figure things out? I think as a young pitcher, um, sometimes you let the the surroundings get to you a little bit, and sometimes early on in the season, our defense wasn't making plays, we weren't hitting, and so she's thinking too much and trying to do too much. Um, when she's been successful, it's because she just goes out there and pitches um, and, and it doesn't worry about those things. She just focuses on her job, relaxes, has fun, and that's when she's been most successful. So Fort Hayes State University is coming in, and, you know, you look at them, they're, they're really a polar opposite kind of team. Not a good offensive team at all. I think they're second worst in the conference in, in batting average. However, you look on the other side of the ledger, Michael Ann Nelson, Haley Chapman. I think Nelson is third in ERA as a pitcher. Chapman is in the top 10. So you've got two top 10 MIAA pitchers in ERA coming in. What do you know about them, and, and what kind of a challenge are they going to uh, provide your hitters this weekend? You know, they're going to work to keep us off balance and keep us guessing and stuff like that. Um, once again, it's going to come down to our players. Um, we've talked a lot about mental approach and what you're looking for as a hitter, the situation, knowing what your best pitch is. Um, and just having a good approach when you go up to the plate, and hopefully we can put those, that to use this weekend. Uh, Nebraska Kearney will be the last series of the year, and that's what Senior Day will be on that Saturday. They have allowed, they have allowed the second most home runs in the MIAA. Now, you're not necessarily a big home run hitting team. However, you do have a big home run hitter on your team with Taylor Olery, who's tied for fourth in home runs in the MIAA. So while you're not a power team, she is certainly a power player. What's made her so successful in hitting the long ball this year? You know, I think she um, approaches the way she approaches the hitting. Um, she looks for her pitch. She doesn't swing at too many pitches out of the zone. Um, she kind of knows what kind of hitter she is. And I think she's a better hitter when she goes middle to the right side of the field. 
Um, so when she lets the ball travel deeper, deeper into the zone and, and she goes with it a little bit and she's done a good job of, you know, with pitch selection and getting her pitch. You've mentioned the, the fact that the girls to have success this last series needs to change their mindset and get into a winning mindset. Not that they're, you know, down on their dauber or being negative, but, you know, trying to make a play to win the game instead of, you know, worrying about a play that's going to lose them the game. As you move forward and try to build this program up, you've had so much success at the junior college level. So, I mean, you know what, a, what it takes to build a winning program. How do you and how did you in the past instill that mindset in your players to go out looking to make a play? And how did that translate into success for you at your previous stops? How do you bring that forward to Newman for next year? I think it's a matter of getting the kids in here with that mindset. You know, we do have some kids here who want to do it. I don't think that they necessarily know how to go about it, though. They do want to win. They want to compete. Um, but, you know, when, when you've been kind of around a, a culture of losing, um, you have to change that mindset. And so that's what we're working on. Um, you just have to have kids who are tough-nosed, hard-nosed kids and aren't afraid to fail and just go out there and give it everything they have. Uh, in, in baseball, the, the offseason is pretty well-defined. If you're a college baseball player, you know, your coach typically will try to get you into a summer collegiate wood bat league program. You go out, you know, if you're a pitcher, like maybe Colin was, you've got a program, maybe you've got a pitch count. If you're a hitter, obviously just want to get at bats, want to get reps in the field. What's that look like for a college softball player in the summer? Are there leagues like that for college softball? And if there aren't, what, what do you try to do instead for college softball players to try to help them work on their skills and develop during the offseason in the summer? Um, some of these kids are still young enough to play with their summer programs, um, so they can do that. Um, there's also some women leagues. Um, some, some of our Canadians, you know, or we have a couple of them, and, and you can play up in Canada till for ages. Okay. <laughs> you can be an old lady still playing up sure. there, so they can play up there. Um, but if you're, you're too old down here, you know, you, you have to take the initiative to go out there and work on your game and um, a lot of teams will, you know, the summer programs will let the kids come back and work out with them and stuff, whether they can play in games or not, but they'll let them come back and use their facilities and work out there. So the kids just have to take the initiative to go out there and do that. Final question for you. You mentioned the recruiting aspect. This season obviously is much more different than, than many, maybe any other season. You had kids that this year were allowed to come back without using losing a year of eligibility. And a lot of the kids that you have returning will still have that leftover eligibility from a year ago. How difficult is it going to be for you to try to fill in what you need based on the fact that you've got more players eligible than maybe you were expecting and trying to piece all that together with all the NCAA rules and obviously making sure that you bring in the kind of mindset that you mentioned that you feel like you need in order to compete with the MIAA. How's that process going and where do you see it going through the next months as you get set for the 2022 softball season coming up? Yeah, um, you know, I think at the end of the year, we're going to meet with all the kids and kind of see where they're at academically and where they're thinking, you know, they are softball playing wise, um, you know, but I'm still looking around and, and looking at our field and our needs and, and I'm not letting that hinder, you know, the way I'm recruiting. I'm still going out there and recruiting the positions that we need and, you know, the spots that we, we need more help in. So COVID hasn't really hurt in that way, but sure. I just kind of don't know where the returners are at, you know, eligibility wise exactly. I need to have that conversation with them. Andrea Gustafson, Newman Softball, once again, last games of the regular season coming up this weekend. 
Fort Hayes State on Friday, Nebraska Kearney Saturday. And once again, uh, Senior Day festivities before that noon first pitch on Saturday show up. It'll be sometime around 1130 that we'll get things started for Senior Day on Saturday. They'd love to have you out there for the last Diamond Sports home uh, matches of the season. Andrea Gustafson, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. The talented Emma Eck out of Bishop Carroll joins us next, a top 10 hitter in the MIAA. She'll join us next on the JetCast. You are a business owner. Every day you concern yourself with trying to grow revenue, increase margins, manage cash flow, live within compliance, maintain staff, understand health care, raise capital, satisfy customers. With all of this on your plate, you haven't even noticed your parking lot. Your parking lot says a lot about your business, and South Central Ceiling and Paving gives your parking lot a voice. Let South Central Ceiling and Paving take your parking lot off your plate. Start now at scceiling.com. South Central Ceiling and Paving. When remodeling your kitchen or purchasing a new home, choosing the right countertops can often be intimidating. Trust the quartz and granite experts at Keystone Solid Surfaces to work with you every step of the way, from design to installation. Keystone Solid Surfaces fabricates and installs the highest quality quartz and granite countertops. So remember, when you're ready for new countertops, the key is Keystone. Keystone Solid Surfaces. Call 316-778-1566. That's 778-1566 or go online to keystonesolidsurfaces.com. JetCast back on the air here talking Newman Jets softball and we are joined now by a senior leader on the softball team, catcher from Goddard, Kansas and a former Bishop Carroll Golden Eagle currently hitting 371 on the season. Emma Eck joins me here on the JetCast. Emma, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, you know, you guys in softball, and I didn't look back, but at least since I've been here, I don't I don't think I can ever remember the softball team just having a week off. And I know the that there's there's always the chance of weather, and we know that, you know, with baseball, softball, the schedule's really just a suggestion, and you guys figure it out as you go. But what was it like to have a weekend off? Honestly, kind of nice. Yeah? I got some of the college experience back. <laughs> sure. Catch up on homework. Yeah, I, I bet that college experience has been a little different. And, and that's kind of the next thing I wanted to ask you about. Do you feel kind of a sense of accomplishment that, you know, you're a senior, you're about to, you know, move into the real world, I guess. But you've had a lot of adversity that you've kind of had to go through these last two seasons. Almost half of your career has been kind of in a quagmire. Is there a sense of accomplishment that you've gotten through this or maybe just a sense of relief that maybe things are finally getting back to what you're used to? Maybe a little bit of both. Um, you definitely meet a lot of lifelong friends. Sure. So like getting to go through that with my now family has been awesome. But Do you feel like that, that – does that bring – they say sometimes that if you go through something like that, it can bring you closer together. Has it done that for you and, and some of your Jet friends? Oh, yeah. Like Paige Wallace. She'll be there forever. Can't get rid of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're talking with Emma Eck. By the way, uh, I, I mentioned she's hitting 371, ninth in the MIAA in batting average, and she's hit safely in five of her last six. I know the Washburn series didn't go quite as well as you wanted it to go, but – I mean, you've over the last two, three weeks, you've been hitting the ball really well. What to what do you attribute your success in this late half of the season? And you've really been, you know, you looked up and down the stats. You've been pretty consistent this year. What's allowed you to maintain that high level throughout the season? Um, I don't really know. Kind of just like before you get in the box, you just clear your mind 
and you say, okay, I can only do one job at a time, so I'm gonna get my job done. One thing that people on YouTube might see, and, and I don't know because the camera, I don't know exactly where the camera you know, cuts us off at, but you, if you're watching on YouTube, you might see a little wrap on Emma's knee here. Um, what, what's that for, and, and how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling fine. So when I dive, I kind of dive straight on my knee every sure. single time. So I think what my trainer said is I have a little fat pack or yeah. fat pad. That's gotten irritated, so it's swollen up quite a bit. Uh, obviously, when you're diving, most of the time you're doing it with equipment on. Does that help or hurt things? Um, so it's not always with equipment. Like short stop, I dive, and then sure. um, when I'm on bases too. Fair yeah. enough. Emma Eck joining me out of Goddard. You have a very – you've done a lot of the catching. Not that you don't play other positions, but you do a lot of the catching. Mm -hmm. This year you've had a very, very young pitching staff. I think of the th four players that you have pitching, three are freshmen and one is a sophomore. As the senior in the battery, how do you try to mentor those young pitchers and keep them in line when things are going well and try to reel them back in maybe when things don't go as they want to in a start? Right. So we have like a really young team in general. So our team goal has kind of been to think about things and like, okay, so what's our thought process through this? What kind of pitch do I need to throw in this situation? And you kind of, what we've been doing is you call a lot of timeouts, let them breathe a little bit, get used to the situation, kind of calm their nerves. Do you call the pitches behind the plate or do those calls come to the dugout? What's that relationship like between you and the head coach? Because I know that different coaches like to do things very different ways. Coach Ealing, I don't think Coach Ealing ever let the catchers call when he was the baseball coach. Coach Mouse does let his catchers call the game. What does that work like with you and Coach Gustafson as you try to decide what's the best pitch to throw in each situation? Right. So Coach Shockley is the one that calls the pitches, and so she'll relay them to me. But in between innings, we kind of talk about what's working, what's not working, where the batters are standing in the box, kind of stuff like that. You are from Goddard, obviously played at Bishop Carroll for a very, very high-level program. What's it been like for you to play your entire softball career prep and now collegiate right here in Wichita, Kansas? Um, it's been exciting. Um, I kind of grew up and I always thought that I wanted to leave Wichita and get away just to have that experience. Sure. But staying close to home has really been nice because then I can always go to my mom and have her do my laundry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or come it, home for dinner. You want to be far enough away where, where it's inconvenient for them to come and visit you, but close enough where it's convenient to go home. Yes. I don't know if Goddard's in the sweet spot or not, but I imagine with the pandemic, which obviously not something that you ever plan on, I bet that was nice to have them close by when, when things were looking a little bit scary there for a second. Mm -hmm. I actually, when the pandemic started, I went back to live with my mom for a little bit for like a two-week period, so... It was really nice just to get to drive there. Final series coming up for you. Obviously, you've got – this is the last week of the season for Newman, Friday and Saturday. Come on out. Should be looking, I think, as of today, decent weather. I mean, that could change tomorrow, so, you know, don't listen to me. But uh, they are supposed to play Friday and Saturday, two doubleheaders each day. I believe 2 o'clock first pitch on uh, Friday and then noon on Saturday. So you can come out and see the softballers. What are your thoughts going into your, your final series, perhaps, of your softball collegiate career? Um, it's definitely going to be a bittersweet. Obviously, I get to play the sport I love, but having it come to the end is a little terrifying. Sure. I have to grow up and get into the real world. It, you know, is it – what's the scariest part about that? Is it, you know, just – 
the fact that you are going to be growing up and you're going to have to become an adult and start thinking about some of these other problems that other adults or is it losing something that's just kind of always been a part of you I mean, when did you start playing softball probably when I was like eight years old so this yeah. will be the first time in you know what 20 years that you have not been you know 15 years that you haven't been playing competitive softball mm -hmm. well what's what's the what do you think is the scariest part of losing this sport you love so much um so usually when I get frustrated or I have a bad day or anything softball's always been there so mm -hmm. I can just go to the garage go hit some balls do something and now I'm kind of losing that, so sure. I think I'm going to have to find another hobby. <laughs> well, I, I will warn you, um, you know, there are a lot of slow-pitch teams mm -hmm. who are always looking for girls, and okay. I know that they would love to have you. So maybe that would be an option. I know it's not going to be exactly the same, but uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've played with a lot of former collegiate players. They typically do pretty well. All right. So that, that maybe that's an option for you. Yeah, I can keep that on the list. What are your future plans? You, you're going to be graduating here very, very quickly. Uh, have you kind of figured things out with what you want to take? What's next steps you want to take in, in your life? And, and what's in the future for Emma Eck? So I'm graduating with an elementary education major. And I've started to apply to a couple jobs, but... I haven't really heard anything back yet, so cross your fingers for me. Absolutely, absolutely. If, you, if you're if you seeing this, we can get you in touch with her if you need to hire. So what exactly in the elementary education process, what do you feel like your part of that process will be? What do you mean? It's like, so do you want to be an administration? Do you want to be a teacher? Yes, so I'm going to start out teaching, and then maybe if the future holds it, I can become an administrator sometime. Okay. What, what, it, what exactly? I, I don't know how they do that. You know, when I, when I was in school, we just had one teacher and that was it. Now I'm told that they have teachers for different subjects in elementary school, which blows my mind. So um, do you specialize in a certain subject or maybe a couple subjects? Or have you kind of gone about it the old school comprehensive way where you can just go in and teach anything? Yeah, I think there are ways you can do that, but I'm the old school way. So Good. I'll just teach... All of them. We like the old school yes. way. Uh, you mentioned a little bit um, this senior class for softball, how close you've got to them. What's it going to mean to you to step out onto the softball diamond with them for the last time? And I, I know that, you know, you guys are going to have some senior day festivities mm -hmm. in this last series. I know that'll be a little bit emotional for you guys, but, but what do you have to say to your fellow senior teammates on this team and in this program as you guys have tried to, rebuild with a new coach and try to try to set the jet softball program on the right track for the future and i know it hasn't always been easy but what will you say to those players and those lifelong friends that you've made so the only seniors that are graduating now are me and Paige, and being here for the last four years with her has been amazing and the only thing i'd say is we definitely worked the hardest that we could and we did everything we possibly could just to lay it all on the line final question for you uh you've got couple pretty good teams coming in fort hayes state has been a really 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 tough pitching team and then uh you got nebraska Cardi coming in on saturday what's it going to take to come out on top with these two series you guys have proven they beat a top 25 central oklahoma team split that series with them so you guys know you have the capability of beating anybody how do you reconjure that success you had against the broncos and bring it into these last two series and bring home some wins to end the year um i think over these past couple of days, we just really need to focus on staying within ourselves. And if we come out with the right mentality, we can beat anybody.
Emma Eck, she is top 10 batting average in the MIAA. Once again, those series on Friday and Saturday to wrap up the Newman Jets softball season right here at the NU softball field at the Diamond Complex. Come out and see them here this weekend. Good luck. Thank you so much for the time. We'll be joined by women's soccer coach Jay Holmes when we come back on the JetCast. Great performances on the court do not happen without great support off the court. That's why Newman Athletics is excited to announce the opening of its new Aviator Club. We invite you to join us in the important mission of supporting the Jets. You can make a huge difference in the lives of our 300 student-athletes by signing up for one of the four club levels. Becoming a member is easy and will have a great impact on Newman Athletic Facilities, recruiting, and more. Plus, memberships come with privileges like game passes, discounts at the new online Jet Store, special events, and much, much more. So join today by clicking on the Aviator Club on our website, newmanjets.com. And as always, thanks for your support of Newman University Athletics. Thank you to Don Lear Construction, proud supporter of Newman Athletics. Wrapping up our penultimate JetCast of the season with women's soccer. They finished the year 3-6-2. and two. If you recall, this was not an official MIAA season, so Jay Holmes, I guess technically, will still be the first-year head coach, kind of, sort of, next year. Uh, I know that these games, Coach, I don't want to call them meaningless because I feel that you felt they were very important to try to build up your program, try to bring things together for your team. First of all, welcome to the show. Thank yeah, you so thanks much so much for having me. But, you know, how, how, will, how did you approach this season? Because I know that, you know, in terms of you trying to figure out college soccer and, you know, moving up from the high school level, you've found it to be very helpful to get to know the college game and your players. So in, in, the, in looking at it through that lens, how do you feel like this first year has gone, at least calendar year, even if it wasn't a traditional season? Yeah, i just super grateful that I had an opportunity to get to know these kids and start developing trust and relationships with them. Uh, both on the field and off, especially last fall. Uh, the spring, you know, it really created an opportunity for me to develop ke- team chemistry and identify, you know, those players that uh, are going to play certain positions and, and how effective they, they were in their, in their roles. 3-6-2 and two after a 2 nothing win against Nebraska Kearney to end the year. Your thought on the record, if this was a traditional season and you had a 3-6-2 and two record, what would be your thoughts on this team? Not that the record is the most important thing this year. You've made that very clear that you're, you're not judging this year or this period of time, this period of games by the record. But what did you think about the team that you did put out there that went 3-6-2? and two? You know, I, I, I think that we lost some very tough close games a lot of a lot of close games so we lost you know uh emporia state was ranked sixth in the country we lost one one nil to them lost one nil to uco we lost uh one nil to ucm who was ranked 16th in the country when we played them a few weeks ago so from a competitive standpoint you know i thought we we were competitive in those games uh but i'd be kidding you if i didn't tell you i was disappointed in not being able to uh be clinical in the offensive third that could have resulted in a few more wins than losses. Well, you mentioned the offense. We talked offense last time you were on. You got the 2 nothing win over the Lopers the last time out. So, obviously, the offense clicked a little bit for you in that game. What worked for you offensively against the Lopers? Well, I, I just think having, uh, having Jalen McClain back, you know, she hadn't played since her first game 
of the season. Um, you know, she she's just an offensive threat for us that we hadn't had up until the last couple of games. And, uh, you know, she can she showed us what she could do uh, and, uh, and had the game winning goal against Rogers State. And uh, they were able to uh, obviously watch a little bit of film on her for the UNK game and kind of took her out of the mix, but created up other opportunities for other kids, uh, well, specifically Ashley Dowley. Well, and obviously, I mean, you, ju- you mentioned all of those close games that you had. It's obvious that you are building this program on defense. You only gave up multiple goals twice in 11 games, which is incredible. What made your, your defense so effective? And do you feel like that's the foundation that you're going to build this program on is the excellent defense you played this year? Uh, absolutely. And I, I think it was led by Kara Butler and, and uh, Jackie in, uh, behind, the, behind her in the pipes, uh, in between the pipes. Just they did a great job in regards to our communication and making sure that there weren't loose runners in the box and uh, did a great job even on the offensive side of things to help generate our attack out of the back. You've mentioned several times with the offense that you feel like they've they've done a good job in, in certain thirds, but maybe not in that last third closest to the goal you're trying to get the ball into. Shut out in six games. You mentioned that you did not have all of the offensive weapons that you would have liked to have had the whole year. What adjustments do you feel the team needs to make, maybe that you need to make to try to get more balls in the back of the net to make some of those zeros, the zeros on the board to ones and with the defense that you've played, one might be enough in a lot of these games. Yeah, I, you know, I think we, we won our two out of three, our last two out of three games uh, to end the season on a, on a positive note. And think that we've, we've done some things in training to, and some adjustments that we've made throughout the course, especially the last four games, to create more opportunities in the offensive third. Um, you know, certainly, you know, I, I think if we're able to get on the front foot mm-hmm. and score goals early, uh, that bodes well for us, you know, because we've proven that we can defend. And that's something, uh, you know, that we can really hang our hats on at the end of the day. What's been this feeling out period like for you as you try to get to know the, the girls? Girls have tried to get to know you. I, I obviously not the biggest soccer expert in the world, so I couldn't tell you how similar your system was to the coach before you, the coach before him. Obviously, Coach Avila had a lot of success here mm-hmm. at Newman, and you're trying to continue build on that and even grow upon that. But how did that go, and, and how much more do you feel like you know about your team than you did when you started this whole process? You know, we, we started, we, we tried three different formations. <laughs> so to start out the year, we, we played a, we played four, we played a three, Four, what did we start? We played a 4-3-4-4-2, and then we ended in a 4-3-3, and then we tried a couple of other modifications to, to formations, and we ended up being a, really a, a solid 4-3-3 team. And um, you know, we played that formation the last four or five games and, and really had some good chemistry with kids in those positions and those roles. What is it about that formation that you like? I like the fact that it's more offensive-oriented. Uh, as opposed to more defensive oriented with some of the other formations that we had played in. And uh, it allows us to get six, seven players involved in the attack while still having three or four in the back that's able to kind of manage any type of counterattack threat. Obviously, normally this is when the offseason would be, I mean, kind of getting, you know, you're going into summer at this point, and so maybe the activity level is a little bit less. Maybe that the spring ball would be a little bit different in a normal year. Coming off of this spring season, going into what we hope and what we presume is going to be 
maybe even a fully normal season next year. I guess we don't know. I mean, we'll find out when as we move along through the summer. What does this offseason look like coming off of this late spring season and then going into what hopefully will be your first full regular season starting up with training camp probably in August and then games maybe by the end of August, but by Labor Day probably going to be rolling again. Yeah, I, you know, we, we had some conversation about that at team dinner yesterday at my house and uh, discussed how important it is for them to continue strength and conditioning with Coach Hayden Jones is going to have some voluntary workouts over the summer. Very nice. That I want those that are going to be in town to actively be in, involved in. Uh, for those that are not in town, uh, obviously we have a conditioning program that we're going to send out to the team that they'll begin uh, work at in June. So, you know, we have those two things in place. And plus there's opportunities for kids to play uh, here in Wichita with uh, FC Wichita. Sure. They have a women's program uh, that's kind of tailored towards college-age students that they can continue to try. Hopefully if they try out and make the team, they can participate in over the summer to help uh, refine their skills. Now, one thing I saw on the website, I, I forgot to write it down, but I remembered I wanted to ask about it. You're doing some sort of a program with friends here pretty soon, or maybe it just happened, but a college ID camp. What was that? You know, if you already had it, how did that go? And, and what, what did you want to get out of that college ID camp? which is not necessarily for your players, but more for players out in the community. We just wanted to uh, provide, well, actually, it was more than just kids in this community. There were kids that came from Oklahoma and Missouri okay. that came so to So maybe came, from the region. From the region that came to the ID camp that we reached out to, uh, club coaches that both Coach Hobson at Friends and I are f were familiar with, and extended invitations for them to attend the, the ID camp. Uh, Coach Hobson and I thought it was important to have our own, ID camp here with uh, the only two four-year schools sure. that have women's soccer. And, uh, you know, there are some junior colleges around, certainly Butler and Hutch, but we wanted it to be focused and tailored for uh, four-year stu student-athletes. And it was it was a success. Our first year we had over 30 kids. Okay. Uh, student-athlete, high school student-athletes that participated, and even a couple junior college kids that participated in the ID camp. What do you, What do you want the players to get out of that? And what do you, as Newman University, Friends University, what do you hope as coaches to get out of that camp? Well, I, I just want to continue to see more and more student athletes here locally. Uh, consider Newman and can consider friends to play soccer at the next level. I sure. mean, more importantly here at Newman. But, uh, of but, course. But, uh, you know, we just want to see uh, an increased number of student athletes that come out each year that we're able to get the word out and uh, – continue to see these kids in a different environment and give them some information about the university, about what we have to offer uh, academically and athletically. Looking at the offseason for you personally, player recruiting, players returning, because of everything, a little bit difficult to determine the eligibility of everybody just because this was not a year that players lost a year of eligibility. So everybody who was on the, the roster doesn't have to burn any year to come back if they want to. Now, that may not be the right decision for every player, but how difficult is that going to make putting the, the roster together, recruiting more difficult this year for you than maybe in a normal year where you know, okay, the, these seniors are moving on. I need to get these freshmen in. How are you going to approach that aspect of coaching during this offseason? It's about having conversations with those kids, those, those current freshmen, sophomore, and, and junior student athletes to get an idea of, of whether or not they're going to come back and take advantage of that. And uh, I've had those conversations with, obviously, the seniors that are graduating. I know uh, CD is coming back, 
Jade and Eddie may be coming back, okay. but the others are are moving on, uh, which is expected. Uh, I just need to have an idea for that junior class, who has you know who's going to make the intent to stay or not, and the decision to stay or not. And I'm working on that now, and that will determine what the recruiting looks like for next year. Final question for you. We hope, we're praying that you finally get to experience year one as a collegiate soccer coach. It would be fantastic if that would finally happen where the games count and there are stats. And we're hoping as well out there at Wilkins that you'll have a lot of fans out there too. Yeah. We're hopefully wearing you know these, these jet logos with navy and red and yelling loud for Newman. What are your expectations for year one? What are you looking forward to the most in year one when you're finally we hope going to get to kick it off here in, in a few months. You know, we, we talked about expectations yesterday, and, uh, you know, there's no reason why this team can't be in the top four of the conference, given the fact that we've been in every game. They've been closely contested. We just have to pay attention to the details and create more offensively, which I think we will do with some of the recruits that we have coming in, combined with some of those that were injured this spring, that will be fully healthy come next fall. So... Certainly, expectations are high for me. Women's soccer coach Jay Holmes, he is very excited, and he should be, about the possibility of MIAA women's soccer having some big-time success in his first full season here at Newman University. Coach, good luck. Enjoy you. your offseason. I will. And uh, we'll be back with you in a couple of months and uh, get you set for your first MIAA year, okay? Sounds great. Thanks. We Thanks, have fun. got one more show left for you in the calendar next week. We will have our final JetCast for the 2020 2021 season, uh, a JetCast season that we certainly couldn't predict. We're hoping we'll be back to more normal next year. We've got one more show for you next week at 6 o'clock. So we'll hope to see you then. So until then, Blake Crook saying, Go Jets.